Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Interesting twist of fate, as it were. Uh, last evening, as we found out on Twitter, uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger had occasion to uh, visit one of the area hospitals and got a first-hand look at uh, what was going on with Code Zeros. Now, Code Zeros, for those who may not know, is a situation where there are one or no ambulances available for emergencies because they're all tied up most of the time at hospitals. Well, the mayor joins us to talk about his experience, and uh, if you follow some of the tweets, maybe even some suggestions that might solve this problem. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Yeah, good to be with you as well. We should uh, set uh, the record straight, by the way. You were uh, at the hospital yesterday, but nothing uh, no, on, on your part. You were just uh, helping a friend out, is that right? Yeah, exactly. We had uh, uh, someone that uh, was having some medical challenges and some uh, some wooziness and balance issues and uh, and some history with that. So we uh, we thought we'd uh, needed to get them to emerge. So I took them to emerge and uh, stayed and had a uh, you know a fascinating experience. Uh, you know, I would know, say I've, I've been to emerge before and I'm well aware of the offloading issue and uh, some of the challenges that uh, the healthcare providers face and the paramedics. But uh, it was just a, a stark reminder last night and the just to, to, to get into it. I mean, when I saw eight ambulances, uh, you know, parked and uh, and lineup of people in the, in the doorway with two paramedics each uh, beside each gurney, uh, you know, waiting for hours and hours at a time. Uh, while I was there, and and understanding that the that the same experience was being had, or maybe even worse, at uh, St. Joseph's, and similar experience up at uh, Jurevinsky, uh, you know, you, you you really come to understand that uh, that's a, that's just an unsustainable problem that we need to fix. And we've been at it uh, on a number of different occasions, and thought we were making some headway, but clearly uh, the the issue is getting worse and not better. All right, so you were at the general, obviously, since you've mentioned the other at- two hospitals. Yeah, I was at the general, and uh, and of course you go through your triage and all the work that goes on there. And I I, I stayed with my uh, my friend to make sure that he got uh, he you know just to, to stay with him as uh, as good friends do to keep him company and uh, you know assure and uh, get him through his process. And then I thought, well, I'll just wander around. And so I got into the uh, the emergency entrance way, and of course. Uh, all of our paramedics are there, and of course the triage nurses and a supervisor whose sole job and responsibility is to try and keep that uh, you know offloading flow going as as best as possible, and uh, and heard all kinds of interesting comments from paramedics and healthcare providers or in what they think the problem is, and, and ironically, um, varying opinions of what the cause is. Well, and uh, that's but, that's interesting because I mean you know from my time on as a city councilor and you've been. Uh, in council, not just as a mayor, but as a councillor as well, you do what you yep. can to try to get the stories here. And more often than not, uh, you you rely on managers, etc., to do this. And and over the last number of years, you've had a, a series of them. Whether it's Mario Pastorero from uh, from the uh, the paramedics, uh, whether it's your own staff that are talking about this, and you hear numbers and etc. But uh, you don't often get the opportunity to actually get a first-hand look at this. And, and as happenstance would come forward here, yeah. there you are right in the middle of this and, uh, uh, right in, and getting that first-hand knowledge from the folks that are right on the ground involved and, and actually you know, being affected by this. Exactly, and and and, uh, and and for people that are you know brought their their, their families in for you know regular care, and, and uh, uh, you know we, we I talked to uh, some of the patients; they were gracious enough to to have a word, and some of them you know are having aneurysms, some of them are you know frequently there, and many of them first time ever, and uh, you know going through a you know a, a unique experience. One gentleman, his family, uh, you know, gentleman had a stroke, and uh, of course the 
caring family was there, lovely people, and uh, obviously concerned about uh, dad. And, and, you know, the most important cases were getting the priority care as it should be. But it leaves uh, those that are priorities, uh, you know, you know, in, in a lurch, uh, you know, especially those that come in by ambulance in the hallway. So let me let me let me share with you some of the comments. Yeah, I, I, I want to get down to this, and we'll maybe divvy them up as to the healthcare workers, the patients, etc. Because yeah. you were there for quite a while, and you got to talk to a lot of people. I was there, I was there for uh, you know almost six hours, and uh, you know I talked to a ton. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll make this uh, you know a, an added learning experience, and. And we, as you know, we've been at this, this offloading issue for years now. And, you know, there was a time uh, that we thought we were making some good progress. We had a, a, a funded nurse that would help triage and move things along. Uh, that uh, is now, uh, you know, still in place, but not, not working effectively anymore. And I did mention that uh, the ambulance service has its own supervisor that's on every shift that goes to all of the hospitals. And his uh, sole job and responsibility is to try and get these patients uh, into into the, the hospital care system and get the ambulances back out on the street. But with, you know, there's restrictions. And so legislation doesn't allow for, currently, for ambulances to discriminate between where they bring patients to. They are required to bring patients to the emergency uh, as, as, as we speak. There are a number of patients that uh, they're bringing in there by their own admission that don't need to be an emergency that could be in a urgent care facility or uh, to be uh, to be frank uh, some have mentioned them that just need to go into a drunk tank and sleep it off um, you know there there are they don't have the authority or the uh, the mandate to, to to discriminate where they bring these patients to they're all required to go to emergency authority. so that so that and that's an important element uh, because we've talked with uh, the 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 people that are involved in that once they respond to a 911 call uh, they can't say, "Hey, this is a waste of our time." They've got no. they've got to follow through on this, and they have to follow. And they can't take them to an urgent care center. It has to be to a hospital. Correct. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and listen to the Bill Kelly Show weekdays from nine to noon on AM nine hundred CHML.